Hi, this is Navigating Life as We Know It, and I am your host, Steve, and I'm here with my co-host, Carrie. Hi. Today we're talking about a company called Vital Exchange. And what's really cool about Vital Exchange is this. Do you remember in the days when malls were popular and you would go to the mall before school started and with your kids you could buy clothing and get supplies? Everything you happened to need was at that mall in one store or another and you could find it in one place. Kind of convenient, wasn't it? Absolutely. My problem is I can't remember I parked my car, but that's a different issue. That's a totally different issue. But the nice thing about malls was that it was a one-stop shop. Well, Vital Exchange is a one-stop shop for people who need information about disability, Medicaid services, planning, educational questions, navigating. They do a great job no matter where you live. You could be out in rural America or in New York City, and you can still call them, and they can give you relevant information about how to get things done. So, cool. Let's uh, find out some more. Hello and welcome to Navigating Life as We Know It, a podcast series about celebrating ability, embracing diversity, and living inclusively. I am your host, Steve Johnson. Today our guests are Ketel Patel and Dr. Sharu Ramanathan. They both have graduate degrees in biomedical engineering. They are the co-founders of an organization called Vital Exchange. Kettle is the Chief Technological Officer, and Sheru is the Chief Executive Officer. Kettle, good morning, and welcome to Navigating Life as We Know It. Good morning. Great to be here. And Sheru, welcome. Thank you. I'm really excited about this. Well, I am too. I think you founded an organization that will meet a great need within the disability community. I wanted to start by just reading what you have written as our story on your website, because I think it really sets the tone for any discussion we're going to have about Vital Exchange. It goes like this. We have created a world where parents and providers caring for special needs children can partner to help children thrive. As parents, we had struggled to make informed and timely decisions for our children. Although the schools and clinics were well-intentioned, we felt that we had no voice at the table where important decisions regarding our children were made. Guided by these personal experiences and our healthcare backgrounds, we designed a caring ecosystem by bringing together passionate special needs professionals and parents, united by technology. We believe with all our hearts that every child deserves every opportunity to live their best lives. Every parent needs access to affordable, quality resources and world-class care no matter where they live. And when parents and providers partner, wonderful things happen for the child. Every family and passionate professional that joins us makes us stronger. Together, we will transform and make the world a better place for our children. I think that covers what my wife Carrie and I have been going through over the last 30 years with our special needs child, Liam, going through every stage of development from the uh, early years and going through the school and IEPs and, and the transition planning. It, you you created a, a virtual mall or an exchange where people can access information that might not be quite in line with what they've heard when they sometimes get their information just from Google or from a friend. 
And that's where we do resource a lot of things is from our friends and their experiences. But that isn't always accurate. Could you give us an idea what your personal experiences were that, that led to the development of Vital Exchange? Yeah. So, um, you know, one of my kids had a nonspecific attention issue and it was undiagnosed largely. And, uh, but it, you know, obviously he was not thriving at school and, uh, he was in a very, very, uh, reputable, uh, public school at the time. You know, he was doing academically just fine by all the measurements that typically schools make. But as he started to see problems with behavioral as well as academic, um, you know, when I approached the teachers uh, with a lot of accumulated issues, I was really surprised that they, the school just brought a whole team of principal, vice principal, all the teachers in a very defensive approach, like, this is how we do things, this is how we've always done things, we've 94% success. And it was, I was really shocked because I was going there quite naively to discuss what can we do for my child, right? And so this was one experience that was eye-opening, but I also come from a family with, with um, several uh, children that, are, that have neurodiversities like dyslexia, attention deficit disorder, as well as severe autism. And, you know, belonging to my generation, which is obviously a couple of generations ahead of where we are today, the resources were very limited. And I've seen how it, it has a huge impact on the parents, on how their lives are affected and how, you know, finding the right path to the right solution can be transformational in the lives of these families. So um, as I partnered with Kato, who both of us have healthcare, part, uh, healthcare backgrounds, kind of know how to architect these systems from a solutions and system standpoint, because both of us are biomedical engineers, we really thought that we should take our personal experiences and our professional prowess and create something that actually makes a difference. I noticed that one of the things I read about Vital Exchange, it's been called the Uber of special needs, which I think is very descriptive right there. Anybody... First of all, if there's anybody that's not familiar with Uber, <laughs> you make a phone call and tell the driver where you want to go, and it's it's far more personalized than a taxi, and you get to your destination in an expert and expeditious manner. Yeah, I think, you know, I, um, I'd i love for Kato to share his story, too, but on the Uber note, and we're really passionate about this because, you know, what we have as parents is these resource lists and support organizations that mean so well. But, you know, would you, if you had if you had to call an Uber, would you just go for a list of numbers and then you go down that list and call? I mean, that was the 1970s, right? Yeah. You put book an Uber, Uber's showing up, or you're canceling and giving them a zero rating. Venmo, DoorDash, yep. online banking, all of that exists, but healthcare is stuck in some other century, and special <laughs> needs care and the whole system is just archaic. <laughs> so It is, and I agree with you that uh, there are people that have good intentions. That's why they got into this uh, area. When you yes. are the employee of an organization, state or government organization, uh, the entity becomes a critical factor in what you do and what you recommend, more so than just the individual's needs. 
So Vital Exchange offers some really valuable resources, and some of them are based on a fee, and some of them are free. Uh, would you please talk about these? Yeah. Uh, so on the free side, what we do is um, when parents join our, our our platform, they answer a few questions. They let us know sort of ages that are the children that take, they're taking care of. Tell us a little bit about the condition and. Then from there, we'll ask them a couple of questions based on those on um, some interest areas. So depending on their interest areas, which could be anything from sensory issues to learning disabilities um, to uh, to even a sort of uh, what condition. So we have communities that sort of surround um, a parent, vital guides who are posting information, sort of like a magazine, right? So anything that's sort of current, anything from a professional or, uh, or a vital guide perspective, parent perspective that will be interesting to that particular group of people. So, it, you know, if it's on sensory issues, the, the vital and vital guides will post things on, on sensory issues. If it's on the, on the learning disability side, there, there's a bunch of, it's like a magazine just for learning disability. So parents really get a feed of information from, from our vital guides that are really um, targeted towards their interest area. And that's all free on our platform. So once you come, you sign in, uh, you give us that information, and then we'll automatically actually join you to the relevant groups. And then you can participate in those by reading them and then also commenting. And then that also gives you sort of an inroad to vital guides that you might want to interact with. Um, it's been kind of the fee side. So our vital guides offer their time um, to talk to you about a specific problem, um, and they charge a fee for... You know, basically, we are, uh, they charge for 30 minutes of their time to sort of walk you through a personalized solution to the, a problem that you're facing um, for $50. Uh, we do also have discount promotions. That, so we're not always sort of $50, but sort of um, we'll, we'll give you the ability to sort of that first time really try out a person um, and really uh, get to, um, sort of get, to, get a feel of how vital exchange works that you can take advantage of during the Bible guys that are on the platform. And having spoken with uh, Jennifer Holm and Andrea Woolley, uh, two of your vital guides uh, on the professional side, they mentioned that they do all their pre-work before they meet somebody on the phone for the first time. So they kind of know what they're looking for. They know what their needs are and their interests, and they can kind of zero in and give them the best possible advice. And I think it's important for people to know that it's not just, spending the first 30 minutes of the call, which in many cases could be the majority of it, just trying to get to know somebody, they already know what you're there for and they know what you're interested in and uh, they can prepare for that call. I think from visiting with them, we'll talk, have them speak a little bit later. That's really, really helpful for parents. And for someone who might say, well, $50 for half an hour, what does it cost to go to a doctor and spend an hour to get there, maybe and an hour to get back, depending upon where they are and Everything else, to me, this sounds like a bargain to get first quality, good advice from a vital guide who could serve as a coach to you. When a parent selects a vital guide, very focused on the problem being solved. We also offer sort of this before every meeting of preparation that uh, our vital guide will send a few questions, not a form, a few questions sort of that was very personalized to the problem being solved and really sort of getting to the solution at hand before that, before that meeting happens. So you have parent mentors and you have professional mentors. Can you distinguish between the two? Yeah, so uh, our 
current mentors are, all of them actually right now, are experienced moms who have really you know, had to go through the decision-making for the care of their children. They've gone from first diagnosis all the way to transition, having gone through and dealt with school systems, having dealt with the health care system, really gone through the process of making, you know, figuring out what the choices are, what the decisions that they made. It really can help people sort of talk through from both an empathetic and an experienced um, perspective about, you know, the decisions and the, the choices that parents have as they're traveling you know, the journey with their children. And our, our professional mentors are occupational therapists, speech therapists, um, they could be uh, physical therapists, uh, they could be licensed social workers, um, they could also be financial planners who really specialize sort of in the special needs space about, you know, sort of uh, tagging on to Medicaid or what kind of other funding vehicles that a parent might avail themselves for as they're trying to plan sort of for the long-term needs of their children. Uh, these professionals are also very in line with sort of our mission. A lot of the time they are parents of special needs children as well. So I would say probably about a third to a half of our, our professional mentors are also parents of special needs children. So they really have both sort of that professional side and the empathetic side um, when, when you talk to them. When I looked at the way you've got uh, categorized, you have early intervention, special education, and then you uh, have yeah. transition. Yeah. Now, a lot of things happen in each of those categories and between them. Three. Yeah, yeah. Kind of describe how that works. Yeah. Yeah, so this is a great question because, you know, um, we actually are today launching our, uh, our latest version of our platform that really looks, you know, very similar to how Amazon looks, right? So if, if you are an online shopper, you know, saying early intervention or special needs, it's like saying we, we, we sell shoes and shirts, right? Mm-hmm. You want to say, okay, what kind of shoe? Okay, size nine, white, this brand, right? This much heel, this much support. So we're in a world where, you know, each of us have very, very specific needs. And like the analogy about the sailboat is my situation, my wind, my uh, mindset, my skill set, um, the amount of money I have, all of that should be reflected. So that's where our algorithms come in, as Kepa mentioned, is we have uh, created uh, our solution set. So when you're buying a session from us, it's not a session on, here, buy 30 minutes from an occupational therapist, and then an occupational therapist will help deal with these 15 issues, right? Very much like how you would buy time for, from a doctor. This is very similar. For example, we just launched the Picky Eater campaign. It goes into the four aspects of picky eating and takes you through a conversational quiz that actually narrows it down to your specific issue. You know, is it a gut issue? Is it a sensory issue? Is it something that is that a behavior associated with the memory, right? So we, uh, with our algorithms, we can be as specific as possible that our answers are very attached to how a parent would search for them in Google, right? A parent is searching, my child doesn't eat more than four foods. What do I do? A parent never searches, I am looking for an occupational therapist that is has sensory, that would solve sensory issues that because my child has sensory issues problems. 
no parent ever searches like that, but providers always talk like that. So we have that translation gap that we're trying to transcend as well so that using our platform can be as easy as using Amazon or any of the other you know, marketplaces and sh- online shopping that, that we have in our lives. Uh, so we get very, very specific. And we work with our vital guides to really get down to brass tacks about every aspect of it. And we also have a catch-all. We have a concierge service. You don't know where you're going. There's 15 minutes of free time from a therapist. Talk to them. You figure it out. Kettle, I take it this is where you really shine in terms of the algorithms (laughs) and your technical background. I can see where this is something you would probably really get excited about doing. Absolutely. Our our team, uh, you know, we've had to deal with lots of of data-intense issues. What we've done is really understood the vocabulary that's used um, and really built that vocabulary into the platform. So what we do is uh, we sort of scan how parents talk about special needs and their children and the symptoms and the things and the problems they're dealing with. We also have on the professional side how they talk about them because it's never usually the same thing, right? It is usually, I'll take an example like, uh, you know, a parent will say potty training, but a uh, professional may say toileting and hygiene issues, right? right. So we got to make sure that those are equivalent in our background when, when a parent is actually searching for that um, solution to the problem I have one more point to add on sure. this and that is you know a parent may have very different goals for their child than is being addressed by either a medical provider or a school special needs special education program right mm-hmm. they may not they may be less concerned about academic performance versus personal hygiene like Kito mentioned or making sure that the child takes a shower, is able to brush their teeth, all the activities of daily living, or even, you know, be quiet in church because that's a key aspect of what that family's lifestyle is like. And all of those things, the parent does need, we need resources to address those things. It may not fit within a standard IEP, but it needs to go in the IEP because it's important for, for, the, for that, that child to thrive within that family unit. Very, yeah. very helpful. Yeah, I mean, you know, medical professionals, they're going to be looking at certain certain objectives that are measurable that have to do more with function. There's more to raising a child than just that. Do vital guides offer different levels of assistance? And the reason I'm saying that is because sometimes the solution to one issue or problem uh, creates additional questions or problems. Um, yes, yeah. so that's exactly so. We see the first session, and we usually have a lot of discounts and try try to buy offers so that, you know, we lower the barrier for people to build that trust, to get that first session in. And oftentimes, they, they do have repeat. They, they sign up with, uh, you know, more sessions. But they may ask them to attend, uh, you know, an IEP meeting with them, ask them to review materials offline. Uh, we also have another program, which is called a Vital Connect subscription, which allows you to sign for a fixed amount for month after month, where you get unlimited texting and uh, a video call per month to be able to connect with the Vital Guide on an ongoing basis. Um, and especially if you have a younger child, newly diagnosed, uh, there's many, many things both that you need to manage 
for the child as well as for yourself and your family unit that we feel like, uh, you know, we always joke that it's like um, if you're cl- cl- climbing the Himalayas, mm-hmm. you need to take a Sherpa with you. Someone yeah. who's climbed it a few times that knows exactly what to do. We think about our, our, our vital guides as Sherpas. That's the word that popped into my oh, head yeah. too, Sherpas, uh, vital guide. It, it, that's what they're doing. They're basically, uh, they know the path. They know how to get there. Yep. So a Vital Connect subscription, that's something that people can read about on the website. Yes. How do you select Vital Guides? Yeah, um, our Vital Guides, uh, so we started, um, obviously we started with our parents first. Uh, we, we interviewed a bunch of parents. We found that there's some parents who just, you know, because they were so experienced and they spoke very well and they were former professionals as well, and we found these parents, and then we started to find professionals through them, you know, people who have been vetted by parents, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we then uh, started to, you know, as, as we brought on more and more professionals, uh, uh, professionals were speaking to each other. So it's really a referral, almost a referral network right now. Uh, we're not just taking everybody. We want people who are sort of mission aligned with us. We want to help enable parents, coach parents. And so... When we're looking for a vital guide, we're looking for not only sort of the, the things that, you, you know, the have-to-haves, right, the, the certification, uh, the experiences, but also when we interview them, they have the sort of the DNA and the mission focus to really sort of help parents out and we help parents help their children. And very much like you said earlier in uh, with Uber, the rating that's given the satisfaction of an individual is actually your represents what your future success will be as an organization. So uh, it's very important to get the right vital guides that can make things happen. And apparently, that's uh, what is what the path that you're on in terms of selecting them. Yeah. Uh, our parents, you know, we make sure that our parents really interview and um, really vet our vital guides as well. So we do want to make sure that when we're selecting a vital guide to come on the vital exchange, that parents have sort of said, this is a vital guide that belongs here. The point of entry for a parent, they become interested in what Vital Exchange has to offer. Go on the website, and how do they make their first contact? Yeah, so uh, a couple of ways, right? So um, what we're doing now today, right, is that, yes, if you come to our website, um, you can do a couple of different ways. One is that, as Tara mentioned, we have sort of a conversational quiz that's for for that will ask you a few questions on the picky eater side to really narrow down sort of what the issues you're facing. Um, we have sort of what you mentioned, the sort of the, where you are in the journey and um, pick where you are in the journey and, and take a look at the solutions that we potentially have. The other thing you can do is you can come on and you can just search as well. Uh, what If you have a keyword or, or something that you're looking for, nutrition or sensory or um, assistive technology or whatever your question is, put it in the search and we'll find um, the related sort of vital guide solutions that can can, uh, can solve your problem. We're also sort of really working hard to sort of take you from that Google search um, right into sort of the potential solutions. So all our product pages that, that you'll, you'll get to see very soon, they're, they're coming online today actually, that really describes sort of what a vital guide has to offer. So what their experience is, what the solution entails, and then 
what the parent is going to, after that 30-minute session, what are they going to wind up with, right? So what are they going to get out of it? What, what are they going to be enabled to do so that a parent really knows sort of what they're, what they're going to get before they're purchasing? That makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. I also noticed that you have blog resources. First one, the, the picky eating is really interesting because I think every parent has gone through that, whether a child has special needs or not. Then you have Empty Nest, the transition for parents caring for a child with disability. We know that has to come, and it's for his benefit as well as ours, but it's tough. The parents I've talked to, when it comes to actually transitioning them to some form of greater independence. The next one is holiday traditions for the neurodiverse. That's a huge issue, especially when mom and dad are out of the picture. How do those holiday traditions continue for the neurodiverse? you got some really good subjects in your blog, and I think that's a great resource for anybody, and that's part of the free section, correct? Yes. So there's a, this is something that we, it's very important to us. There's always something for every parent within Vital Exchange. We also have free communities. We have the free blog articles. Um, the blog articles can also segue into the, the author. If you want to connect with the author, it also goes trust. So, for example, the article that you referred to, Amphinas, um, it's written by uh, one of our vital guides, Crystal Covington, who is a, an occupational therapist herself. She's raising a little boy with autism, and she has an older brother uh, that has um, intellectual disabilities and that she has seen, you know, being a sibling, a mom, and a therapist, she has seen her parents go through this. She is going through all of the emotions of raising a neurodiverse child and really viewing it as a peer as well with her brother. So we have these unique perspectives that we take a lot of pride in bringing to the table. It's really not only about awareness, it's about acceptance. So if you are within this community and you are raising a child or you are, um, you know, dealing with a specific parenting challenge, you don't have to have a special needs child to do that. You really want acceptance. You want acknowledgement that you are doing your best and your best is enough. And sometimes that's the key part of what makes you wake up the next day to attempt it again. I feel like that's a fiber that kind of gets lost in a very transactional, solution-oriented interaction we have with our providers, right? What's little Johnny's problem, right? Little Johnny's mom is struggling and hasn't slept for three days. Now we're going to listen to Jennifer Holm and Andrea Woolley talk about their work as Vital Guides with Vital Exchange. Jennifer, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And Jennifer, uh, you have your own company, Hulm Resources. And Correct. Could you tell us a little bit about that and what you do there and how those skills enhance what you do over at Vital Exchange? So with Hulm Resources, we do a lot of um, what I call private case management. So with each state, you know, they usually have a state case manager who handles all their services and everything. But with our private case management services, we are able to kind of delve in much deeper than a state case manager can do and really, really work with the family or the individual 
one-on-one with what their goals are, getting them set up with services that may not have been told to them through state programs, um, and just really helping them navigate that um, complex system because we have more time to work with them one-on-one and, you know, we keep our caseloads really small. What we do, we really, really focus on transition planning, which is kind of where I fell into working with Vital Exchange and uh, just so happens they needed somebody to kind of be the, the transition planning guru. And I um, have been working with families as a vital guide through Vital Exchange, kind of doing the same, which is wonderful because we can do it across the entire country and not just focus on our geographical area here. So when you said you have a smaller group of clients, are you working, uh, in Michigan we call it self-determination, where people manage their own budgets and they hire their own uh, professionals for the most part. Is is that part of what you Mm -hmm. do? Well, originally, we were just doing just kind of like a consultation type service. Our Medicaid waiver is, we're actually an agency, so it's not self-directed, but um, our Medicaid waiver that we're approved for, there's two codes that we're approved for, benefits planning and also um, community specialists, which we've developed this transition planning mentorship program that we work on and we use that code. So it's through an agency, but it's more like self-directed because we are able to really be person-centered with it. You're a certified master coach or a master IEP coach and also Uh a uh, credential work incentive practitioner. Right. And, you know, we, I really try to squash a lot of those myths that are thrown out, um, that, you know, schools are still telling, uh, their students and the parents as they get towards adult age and even community agencies are still saying, you know, you, you don't want them to work because if they start working, they're going to lose their benefits. Well, that's a huge myth, and there's tons and tons of work incentives that can um, offset some of that income. So that's one of the big things that we do with that. And then with Vital Exchange, you know, all all our services that we do through Human Resources really are transferable through Vital Exchange. Um, so if somebody calls and has kind of those similar issues, we would work with them the same. That's the, you know, one of the positives that came out with this whole pandemic thing is yes. that, you know, working virtually is a little more acceptable. And we work a lot with um, families in other states virtually doing the same type of thing that we would do in person here. Although Medicaid uh, might differ somewhat from state to state, the actual requirements in terms of person-centered planning, et cetera, are pretty much similar all the way through all the states because that comes from the federal government. Yeah, I can see where you can give advice to anybody in any state and the person-centered planning and the uh, the other processes would be the same. Right, and that's why, like, if we do get... Um if we do get a referral through Vital Exchange, if somebody's interested in our services, that's one of the first things that I like to find out is where are they geographically, what state they're in, because um, you you nailed it. I mean, the the basics 
you know, the general information is really the same no matter where you go. But then what I do is um, I pull up the, the waiver manual. I pull up all their regulations and everything. And I'm getting to know each state pretty well. <laughs> There's certain states that I get more people from. Um, but it's, it's you know, they, they do kind of... Um, fine-tune their state programs a little more. So I make sure that I'm well-equipped with the correct information for their particular state. Um, And a lot of times I pick out things that perhaps their case managers or the school hadn't pointed out to them of services that they could use in a certain way or something like that. So that's one of the things I like to do is get really creative about um, the planning process. Jennifer, please describe what happens when a person contacts you for advice through Vital Exchange. Right. So with Vital Exchange, there's actually like a little form that they can fill out of information ahead of time. What I will do is I will take that information and do some kind of pre- pre-research on, you know, whatever it is that their concerns are. The main concerns that um, families have are really that transition, if it's transition related, it's transitioning from entitlement-based services and benefits to eligibility-based services and benefits because those are two, it's like night and day. And, you know, they flip the switch, as you know, at 18, so it's not like there's any gradual gradual change so i think that um they get very overwhelmed about that um and just what the options are a lot of parents want to know what the options are for residential like they don't want their child to be um necessarily in a group home so what are the other options so if they can fill out that form ahead of time that's very helpful because then i can kind of do some pre-planning for the 30 minutes so they get their money's worth on the services in the future, you know, it flows a little bit better. And I understand each situation would have very unique circumstances depending upon the level of ability or the type of handicap you're speaking about. Uh, But what type of concerns do you typically find people have about transitions? Transitions, I think a lot of times families really need help with the IEP process during that time frame because they feel like what I hear a lot is that they're not getting the information that they felt they would be getting or they won't they're not getting the support that they thought they would be getting but what they don't know a lot of times is like the school's hands are tied um, to follow a certain process with idea law so they're only going to do what's within that law obviously a lot of times they don't go above and beyond so really um they just, the main concern is trying to kind of develop those relationships with the school and also with the community agencies that they're going to be dealing with down the road. Um, a lot of times those community agencies aren't invited or don't show up to the IEP meeting. So um, we really try and kind of facilitate and kind of be that in-between person to kind of bring all everybody together so everybody's on the same page. Some parents are more proactive than others would be. Some of them are a little more intimidated about confronting authorities. And they might have to take a more aggressive stance to advocate for their child. Do you find yourself ever coaching them on how to be more assertive? 
Oh, yes. Yeah, that's actually one of the things that we try to do um, in our transition planning mentorship program is really work with both the student and their parents to be more outspoken, more assertive in the planning meetings, in um, communicating their needs and supports. And there really is a trick to the trade when it comes to communicating with the school. And I think that's a lot of times where parents get hung up, rightfully so, because they're not, um, most nine times out of 10 aren't trained in special education and the, the law and everything like that. So they're, they're responding based on emotion. And sometimes that can muddy the waters a little bit, yeah. so to speak. So what we do is we really work with the family to communicate their concerns, but do it in a very professional way, in a way that's not going to immediately have the school like put up this wall. Or if there is a wall up already, helping them work with the school to kind of break down those barriers. That's a huge thing um, that we I find myself working uh, with districts and and parents alike on that. So it's it is working on with them to be more assertive, but also just those skills on how to come like how to come across to the school and and be able to um, communicate things in a more collaborative approach instead of what they want to do. And like I said, rightfully so, they want to say you know you're supposed to give me this, you're supposed to give me this, the law says this, and if you don't do this, then I'm going to get a lawyer. Well, that right there is going to shut everything down. So then we work on them to kind of turn that around a little bit and be a little more gentle. <laughs> and, yes. and usually nine times out of ten, they, they'll end up getting the result that they want. But it does help to be able to point to the chapter and verse in the Medicaid provider manual and say, thou shalt, <laughs> but do it, it, in, a, sure do does. it in a pleasant way. we have way. done that before. Yeah. We, we do that many times. Um, you know, it's funny because it really happens more with agencies and the Medicaid manual than it does with schools and IDEA law. Yeah. And that's one thing that, like, I do. I, I don't know what it is about myself, but I'm kind of a nerd when it comes to that kind of stuff. So I love reading manuals and seeing what they're doing and what they allow and what they don't allow. And so... We're very good about pointing that stuff out to families and saying, nope, that's not really what they told you isn't quite true. This is what it says, and this is probably how you need to respond. And if so, we, we respond on their behalf if they don't feel comfortable doing that. But usually they like to kind of, you know, take the reins, which is good. Do you have challenges with vital exchange clients getting all this done in, in 30 minutes? So 30 minutes, we try to, you know, do the initial consultation. And that's why I say it's really important for people to fill out that form ahead of time. Because if I kind of know what direction they need to go in, I can be thinking ahead of time of some, some, you know, things, some resources or strategies for them. So that initial 30 minutes is kind of like, okay, this is the problem. This is how... Um, these are some ways that you can handle it, or this is where to look in your manual. You know, after we get off the phone, let me send you a link to the manual, or I'll screenshot the page that I'm talking about. And, like, we'll follow up that way. And then if they need extra, you know, I always follow up with them a couple times after the phone call. And if they need extra support, 
then that's where they can continue. You know, they're on Vital Max, there's different services. So mine breaks that down into benefits planning or the transition planning, like we can actually do our transition planning mentorship program through there. It's something that they can t- continue after that 30 minutes if they choose to want to continue to work with us. We can do it that way. I did notice in your yep, website, and- too, you did have transition timeline checklist and a transition Bible, 10 steps to transition, and an IEP checkup, which uh, it looks like it's available to anybody to take a look at that before they speak with you. And so they're learning a little bit about what you do and you're learning more about what they want. So that's a good time to have a phone call then. Exactly. Yeah, those checklists are very helpful. And um, I hope that, people, you know, they're free. They're free resources. Anytime people hop on there on our website, which is accessible through Vital Exchange, there's a way to get there from Vital Exchange. And then you can get on the resources and get some some free resources, which we plan on adding to that. We kind of got a little tied up with some things, but we're going to keep adding to that and and really kind of keep it transition planning related because that really is kind of my passion. It seems to be where there's a high need area. So we're going to focus on that and try and help as many people as we can. We, we really take on kind of doing the legwork because we all know like going into those adult services and the benefits is just more paperwork and nobody has time for that really, you know, and then you're filling out paperwork that half the time the, you know, the verbiage on it, you're not quite sure exactly what it means and everything. So we definitely help families through that process of filling out the applications, um, explaining what some of the stuff means that they're, you know, filling out and stuff like that. So they, and then if they are not getting the answer back from whatever agency or government agency, we will follow up on their behalf if they're not having luck and, you know, make sure that things are getting put into place for them. Anything else you want to say about um, your work with Vital Exchange? So Vital Exchange, like I said, I think is just wonderful. When I first got with them and I spoke with the owners, I said, you guys just like hit a gold mine and not in the, in the frame of a financial, but just the fact that they have this platform that anybody from anywhere can get on and connect with professionals or parents who, you know, specialize in a certain area, you know, they can find somebody that really fits them and fits their needs and I just think it's a really great opportunity to kind of reach out to families from from different areas. Some of us are in areas where we have a lot of really good resources that are readily available, but throughout the country, Mm -hmm. we have people living in rural areas where they don't have very good advice and maybe their school system or their Medicaid system is not really up to snuff. So it's good to be able to get good professional advice anywhere in the country. It's a good bargain, really, when you think about it. It is. Yep, it really is. It really is. And there's some awesome professionals on there. And there's some awesome, you know, parents who are um, experts in what they've gone through through the years with their children. And so um, you've got just a really good resource there. And there are free resources on there. You know, um, as Vital Guides, we post things on there 
from time to time and different articles and things like that. So um, it's, it's definitely a good platform to be on and kind of check it out. Well, thanks for joining us today, Jennifer. Hope you have a great day. Thanks, Steve. I'll talk to you later. Our next conversation is with Vital Exchange Guide, Andrea Woolley. Welcome, Andrea. Thank you for having me. Got a question for you, first of all. How do you describe what you do for Vital Exchange? So essentially what I do is consult. Um, You know, we have a lot of parents out there that aren't sure how to navigate the disability world. Um, And it's so large that, you know, they just don't know where to begin or they have gotten so far into it that they don't really know um, where to go next. What more can their people be involved in? Um, how that can be accommodated for their person as they grow and their needs grow. So what I do is I just really learn about their personal situation, where they're starting from, where they've been, and where they need to be over the next, you know, three months, three years, whatever it looks like for them. So you kind of help prioritizing and setting up first steps to take. That is completely accurate, Steve. What I do when I first meet someone is I, I understand where their location is, um, the diagnosis, the on, onset of, you know, the diagnosis, their current age, any current supports. And then after speaking with them for, you know, a minimum of a half hour or so, just whatever it takes for that person. Um, you know, I, I will dedicate myself over the next couple of days learning about their county, uh, the supports that they have, what more that the person can be enrolled in, what more the person can benefit from their current supports, if any. Being a mother of a daughter with disabilities as well. It, it, it was a difficult thing growing up with her. Um, I learned a lot as a single mom. Um, I adopted my three kiddos through foster care. So, you know, you never really know what kind of diagnosis, if any, that you run into. So it was really a learning experience. And it has been kind of my passion after getting out of the military, um, you know, just navigating that and helping parents navigate that because it was so difficult living in rural areas trying to fight it. And it seemed like I had to fight for every single thing I needed for my child. So um, that's really just where I've devoted my life, you know, helping other parents and just making sure that they don't struggle as much as I did. And then also just making sure that they understand that they are not alone. It does feel isolating. Uh, not only for our children, but also for us, because our lives are pretty much regulated or restricted by what their needs happen to be. So I'm sure that the experience you bring to the table, having a child with a disability, gives you a lot of street cred, so to speak. (laughs) I would say that's a pretty accurate statement. Um, I'm a pretty fierce advocate when it comes to that. And I have unbounded energy when somebody tells me no, or there seems to be a roadblock. Uh, I I will continue to fight. I will continue to reach out. I will continue to find a way or a loophole to get a person the resources that they require to live a meaningful life and, you know, just to be happy. Especially when you know they're entitled to some resources they're being denied. To me, that is a throwdown for a fight. (laughs) And it has been on several occasions. (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't go just, you know, within your local community. It goes outside of your community. It's state. It's federal. And a lot of people don't understand that. And, you know, or they don't know the right questions to ask to get the things that they need. So that's where myself and Vital Exchange, other Vital Guides, they really come into play and they really just hone in on, on where that person is and what they need and 
you know, it just, all services are exemplified through the knowledge base that we have. So it's, it's really important that this organization gets out there and people learn more about us for sure. So you do have a lot of backing, a lot of personal experience in being able to uh, give advice to people who uh, approach. Now, my understanding is, of course, that they fill out a form first that provides some information about what they're looking for and what their challenges have been, et cetera. I did not see the form, but I know that when they contact you, or you already know something about the people. Yeah, so you have a basis for a beginning conversation. Is that correct? That is correct. So each vital person can form their questions around what they feel is important to understand before going into a conversation. Um, like I said earlier, I like to know the location, so the county and the state in which the person lives in, um, how a person likes to be addressed, because that can be very different for each person. Sure. Um, you know, the diagnoses that they currently struggle with or that they currently have, um, their current age, and then, you know, whatever supports that they have, uh, that's important to make sure that you are getting all of the information beforehand. Now, there are situations where that's just not able to be completed beforehand because in a situation where there might be a crisis, um, a family pa- facing homelessness or a mental health crisis, something along that lines with their person with disabilities, you know, we there may not be the day or two before an actual setup of a meeting. They may need to speak to somebody now or within the next, you know, 12 to 24 hours, and that information might not be able to be provided. So those meetings tend to run a little bit over, um, which is okay. I'm happy to do that, as most of our vital guides are. So, you know, I, I feel confident in the questions that, you know, I ask before the meeting. That way, you know, we I get a better understanding of, of what they need, and I'm not wasting their time, and they don't feel like their time is being wasted and their, their money is being wasted. Now, I understand that there's such a diversity of disability or levels of ability, and all these circumstances are unique because you're talking about uh, rural, city, suburban, uh, availability of resources or transportation or the lack of availability. But what are there some typical concerns that you find among parents or guardians that call you up to talk about transition issues? Um, so there's a lot of situations what I see most of is transitional pieces of navigating the system, right? So their person is graduating out of high school at age 21, 18, if they've met all of their goals, you know, what are the next steps? Where do we go from here? You know, in a, in a lot of places, vocational rehab is not appropriate or it's not readily available. Um, so there's the employment piece. There is day have programs that people don't know about most generally because it's referred to as a adult daycare. And, and that's, that's no longer inappropriate for a position like that. You know, it's, it's adult day have, um, and, and those people need to be out in their communities and they learn life skills and job skills and things like that. Um, another big one we see a lot of is sensory disorders and behavioral disorders. Autism spectrum disorder is so large that there's so many pieces involved in it. So, the autism community is, is very active on the Vital Exchange website. There's a lot of really good resources, a lot of good parents, um, guardians, caregivers, that type of thing. And sometimes even the individual gets involved on the Vital Exchange, um, you know, posts and comments mm-hmm. and blogs and things like that. So, you know, those, those would be the top three I think I see the most of. 
Do you have a problem sometimes with parents that might be used to being told no and accepting it to to become advocates? Parents sometimes back off prematurely and settle for what's provided. Uh, Do you find that you sometimes see that the biggest obstacle might be the parent? I do. I do. And a lot of that depends on the demographic we're talking about as well. People have such an external locus of control because they have been told for so long that they don't deserve this. They don't need it. They aren't entitled to it, those types of things. Um, We find a lot with our older generation as well who are still taking care of their adult child um, that they just they, they never really did ask for help, and, and they don't see the benefit of sending their person out into the world to be scrutinized. Because in their day, that's what it was. Children with disabilities were, you know, not to be seen or heard. They were meant to be at home or in an institution. So, you know, that's, that's been changing for several decades, but it's not gone. Um, there's such a discrimination still, in, in, in especially in rural areas, um, you know, there's such a discrimination against individuals with developmental disabilities that it's, it's hard to bring them out there. And yeah, we absolutely do find that external locus of control in guardians and caregivers and parents um, quite often more than not, you know, and just really giving that affirmation to them that they can continue to do this continue to fight for your person because they deserve it. They deserve a job that with competitive pay, they deserve to go to school until they're 21 if that's their choice and they want other goals to be met. They deserve to get the benefits that every other person without a disability gets and receives. So yeah, absolutely. And, you know, sometimes there are parents or guardians or caregivers that require a little bit more of a push and a constant push, but always happy to do it, um, you know, just, just as long as they get what they need to, to thrive and survive, for sure. Do you sometimes get feedback, I hope, from the people you worked with uh, that let you know that you've improved their life? Absolutely. Um, so I most recently, just last uh, week, had a parent come to me and say, thank you so much. The resource that you provided has been approved, and I am now receiving wipes, pull-ups, and gloves to support my person for the next year. So that was a huge financial burden taken off of that parent, um, which is really important. Uh, That's what I strive for. That's what I look for. Not really coming back and saying, you helped me do this, but that they got the support that they needed. Um, You know, there's always really good feedback, um, and you can take it as positive or negative, but, you know, some people go, hey, if you could have really just provided this a little bit more clearly or if, you know, you could extend on these resources, that might have been more helpful for me. And, of course, I rectify that and do that. Um, but most generally, the parents that come back and the guardians that come back are just so happy that they got resources to now reach out to and just help them help their person. Um, so I would say the majority of them, you know, are, are positive feedbacks and even the ones that feel sometimes like, oh my gosh, I let you down, you know, there's still a way for me to improve the services that I provide as well. So I think that's an important piece. Well, Andrea, I want to thank you. Is there anything else you'd like to say about your work with Vital Exchange? I, I don't. I think we covered pretty much the basis of everything. Just go and check it out because it's it's huge. It's informational and you won't be disappointed. 
Well, bless you for the work you do, and thank you for talking with us today, Andrea. Thank you so much. Taru and Kettle, what is next for Vital Exchange? That is a very big question. So we are, we, we believe, at the, at the beginning of a journey to transform how care is accessed, starting with this particular population because we're personally connected to it. But our goal is to really create an Uber uh-huh. uh, for, for healthcare access, for information access, create a network of affordability. And what we were pretty deliberate in choosing the business model for Vital Exchange as being, you know, a, a marketplace because we have um, the vision to not only to move beyond just vital guides and direct service delivery to partner with organizations that are looking for uh, customers that have unique solutions. Like we spoke with two um, entrepreneurs that had developed a highly specialized product for stopping a child from, you know, um, leaving the house during sleep, right? I mean, that problem affects probably 100,000 parents. Um, how 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 do I find that solution? We would love uh, to list those solutions in the vital exchange marketplace so that when a person searching for, when a parent is desperately searching for that, we're able to connect it to them. So we want to expand our marketplace into products and as well, uh, so that it's a one-stop shop for parents. The second thing we want to do is really the payment end of it. Right now, all of it's direct payment. We try to make it as affordable as possible. We have a lot of um, free things on the platform. We also have a lot of discounts and coupons on the platform, but we're also working with schools to uh, create better, uh, you know, education and information opportunities for the parents so that they can collaborate uh, with the with the teachers and the teachers can also uh, understand what it's like to be in the shoes of a parent that's raising a child and how, when they partner, great things happen for the child, right, as you read in our bio. This is, we're, we're starting to partner with schools. We're starting to partner with employers because, you know, COVID has shown that more than, you know, one in two uh, caregivers have, have contemplated leaving their jobs or left, left their jobs or gone part time because of a caregiving responsibility. So what are we doing for our working parents that are caring for children with a disability? Why not offer vital exchange to them? So that that's another frontier for us um, to be able to do that. And then ultimately, we want to be able to work with health plans. Because if you think about disability cares, care providers, it's kind of um, between clinical services that are part of a health plan. Some clinical services are reimbursed by health insurance. Some of them come from the special education funding through the schools. But at the end, all of this creates a landscape of great. It's a lot of it subsidized, but it creates even more complexity for the parents who already has a complex parenting job. So we would love to start working with those partners, those regional agencies, uh, insurance companies, as well as Department of Education and early intervention centers to start, you know, straightening those kinks in the flow through of dollars so that it's less bureaucracy and more efficiency. I know it's a tall order, but, you know, if you reach for the sky, you'll reach the tabletop, right? A lot of things are next yeah. on the table for vital exchange because the needs will always be there and there'll always be new ways to solve those uh, those problems. 
and to connect its vital X change, that's V I T A L X C H A N G dot com. So it's your name dot com. Should be pretty easy for people to find that, right? Absolutely. Anything, anything else you want to say to our listeners? Um, I would encourage people to come and join the platform and reach out to us. We, we love hearing feedback. We love hearing suggestions. Um, this, it is first and foremost a community of like-minded people solving problems to help each other. And um, we really, really, really would love to hear from your viewership on how we can do a better job. So, Sharu and Kettle, I want to thank you for your time today. And uh, I know that you'll be successful. Just keep on keeping on. Thank you very much for being with us today. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Steve. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Hi, I'm Carrie, and this is the Chat Cafe portion of our program. And I'm here with Steve. Hello. And we're just going to kind of recap all of that wonderful information that we just heard. Uh, I really am uh, just blown away at how they were able to put this all together in a shopping type format. I loved how she equated it to uh, Amazon where you fill out a questionnaire about your topics and your interests and it kind of filters out and they pop up some subjects that you then follow through and hook you up with somebody who has experience in that particular need that you have right then. Yeah, they've they've put together a pretty good program and I think Kettle is the one who is the guru when it comes to algorithms okay. and he's able to put this together so they have it look like Amazon. Put in something you're looking for and you get all the results as who is the specialist in that particular area who can help you. Right. And at first you know, you might be a little bit intimidated that this person isn't in my state. How how are they going to be the expert? But we we chatted with a couple of the of the guides and they'll research it. Yeah, Don't they, worry about it. They know their stuff well enough that they know how to research it. Give you an example. I could, on the internet right now, I could access the Medicaid provider manual for New Mexico. And mm-hmm. I could look up things that are very similar to what we have. And again, with their searchable sites, yes, I could put in what the Michigan thing looks like and it's going to come up with what the New Mexico thing is. And you can find out. So they do their homework. I love how Jennifer says if 80% of your clientele are coming from a half dozen states, you get to be pretty good knowing what the law says. No matter where you are, the right person will be researching it with the right resources and come back with correct answers for you. Yes. And now at first you might say, you know, well, but there's fees for this. Boy, you know, that's going to cost me. And yeah. But, you know, I tell you what. To have somebody bring in the expertise to clear your path, would that not be of value? Well, you know, what's interesting about that, and I nobody likes to pay fees. I don't like to pay fees. I don't even like toll roads, but I know that I get there faster if I put the money in the toll road, right? Right. But when it comes to this, how much does the wrong information cost you? I mean, it costs you plenty. That's and we right. Have, we have encountered wrong information too many times to risk that. And so if you can get the right type of information that you need at the right time, it's it's worth it. And if Absolutely. we're talking about $50 per call, 
maybe you can get this done in two or three calls. And the example I use is you, you might drive an hour or half an hour to and back from a doctor's appointment uh, to take care of something. All that costs you something, even with insurance. This, to get the right answers, to be able to not have to make all the mistakes. And have it zeroed in on your particular problem. Right. Not a generic problem. My particular problem. I don't like to spend 100 bucks worth of my time to say $50 for a fee for someone who already knows the answer for me. Exactly. I exactly. think it's, it's the way to go. And Indeed. Indeed. Now, indeed. if you have a great resource with Social Security or you know somebody that's really well connected and knowledgeable about Medicaid, you might not need these services. But if you're just... Odds are. There's going to be a so- something. Oh, there's going to be something because you know what happens. Some of the worst information that we ever act upon is what we heard from a friend who thought something was done a certain way, and they tell you that. And pr- after a while, it becomes gospel. Then you find out that it's really based upon some false premises. Sometimes it's important to talk to a friend about an experience, but if you want a fact about how things work, you need to drill down deeper. And if you can find that yourself through your local Social Security office or whatever, great, great. If not, then you need a Sherpa. You need a Sherpa. Somebody I who love the term there. they use. The oh Sherpa, my gosh! The guide, like she said, if you're a climbing guide. the Himalayan mountains, it's one of those things that's not a do-it-yourself project. Nope. Okay. No. Someone's no. got to show you where to step and where not to step. Exactly. Exactly. Vital Exchange wants good ratings. They want good feedback. So they're going to be delivering the best advice they possibly can because that's how they stay in business and how they grow. Absolutely. Well, you know, the the first vital guide that we spoke to, her name was? Jennifer. Okay. And Jennifer, if you recall, she was a, a... and I'm going to put this very simplistically. She, they were the private case manager. But... Where she becomes the Sherpa is with transition. That's where you get to this point in time where everything changes on that 18th birthday, or in Michigan it's 26. Some states Drop it might be 21. Dead change. It's it's just great, and to, to have somebody help you with that transition to help you bring in the supports in this community that you're now entering and that you don't have any contacts in. Worth the weight in gold. Worth her weight in gold. And coaching parents to be proactive and assertive in communicating with schools and community members without emotion. When it comes to parents, maybe not always being too assertive because we're used to listening to those in authority. And those in authority might not be telling you the whole story. I like the fact that they talked about how to be assertive and without being obnoxious. Correct. But Correct. how to know when to get things done and how how to do that. And it's it's important because Indeed. Indeed. a lot of us are, are kind of meek when it comes to that. We don't want confrontation. Well, but you know what? We're fighting for our kids here. True. And that's worth having some confrontation for. But right. doing it in a way that doesn't alienate. Right. The, the, the piece that I remember was when we were sitting down with the IEP transition, the school could not give me information. Right. They would say, you know, and then they leave here. It's like, okay, so then what? And they're like, yeah, I don't know. Then community mental it's health a, takes over. A, yeah, and it's like, so what is it? See, I, I knew this beast 
Okay. Right. And this is the beast that I knew and we were working with and we were in those parameters. And now all of a sudden there's this cliff and I got nothing. I got an adult. And, and yeah, I have an adult child and I don't know what the heck is out there. And I don't have anybody sitting in this room who can tell me how cool that there's an expert out there that'll say, oh, well, let's bring these people into that meeting also. Or put you in touch with these people for the next level, the next, how cool, just. And you know, there's nothing more (sighs) aggravating than to find out what you could have done five years ago had you known. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Or, and then Andrea, great for consult and navigate. And then she can be a fierce advocate. I love those words. Well, I, I did get the impression from both of these guides when talking to them that they knew their stuff enough to be warriors for their cause. Yep. Being moms, and there's nothing more fierce to be feared than a special needs mom on a mission. They're doing it because they've been in that situation. And none of us like to see somebody else who is part of our tribe being shortchanged or not taken care of. As if, they if we, should be. If we know what their rights are, I know you are like that and I'm like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if if we have to fight for something, I want to make sure that nobody else has to fight for that. Exactly. Because I want to change the system so yes. that it works the right way. Yes. Well, that's what you got here is guides that are dedicated to yes. making sure that nobody else has to go through the difficulty. Right. Some of the things that I learned... When you're utilizing this service, and they refer to it as a platform, which I love. I love that. A platform. That's a foundation. That's mm-hmm. something that you then build your life on. Ah! Yep. Answer those questions. Fill out as much information as you can give them ahead of time in regards to your situation, your problem, your question, so that they can do some pre-research so that when you have your meeting that you're paying for, they've already got a pretty good handle on what it is you're looking for and how to help you go to those next steps. And they're probably spending at least an hour before they talk to you for the half hour. So the prep work is important. I just think it's just such a, such a value, such a value. And then I was so excited to hear next steps. They're, they're not done. They're not resting on their laurels here. Oh, no. They're already planning the vital exchange to now incorporate products. We were just talking about that the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, what products are out there or, you know, or a product is already out there and I just don't even know it's there. Wouldn't that be wonderful to know about it? Uh, yeah. Going back to the mall example. Yes. What if you had a mall that had every assisted device and every assisted thing that you could possibly have for your home to make it more navigable and everything else. And you just walk through and you could see, wow, this could really work. Right. And maybe somebody else could help you evaluate really, will it work? Yes. You know, so you're not making mistakes. Exactly. So very cool. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for bringing that up. I think that they're going to be doing very, very well. And I'm going to check it back in them in a year and see what they're at, where they're at. And I and I looked up their website real quick, and it's very, very it really user is. friendly, very welcoming. It's just superb. I'm excited. Well, they know that life can be very hard, so let's make it a little bit easier, and that's the whole content of what they do. Absolutely. 
Thank you for listening. Yep, thank you for listening. And uh, by all means, uh, drop us a line at contact at nlocky.com. Let us know how you think we're doing. Any suggestions, please keep in touch. Any ideas? Absolutely. Any programs you hear about? Let us know. We'll investigate. Thank you much. Thanks. Steve and Carrie have been your hosts. My name is Alex, and I'm the producer of Nlocky. Daniela handles all of our social media and general communications, and Holly is our website guru and mistress of the blog. Thanks for tuning into our podcast, and please like, follow, subscribe, and share our podcast to help us grow. You're the best. This has been a production of Envision Media Group, LLC.